Moonshine Jesus Show. We're certainly glad that you have taken your time today to tune in and uh, talk a little bit with us about the Umbrella Academy. I am, of course, joined by my good buddy, Caleb. Caleb, how are you feeling today? Things going well? I'm feeling great, Mark. I can't wait to talk about the Umbrella Academy. Most excellent. Me too. Uh, Before we get things started, let's remind everyone that we are supported by progressivechristianity.org it's a great place for all your progressive needs and resources we very much encourage you to check them out there check us out on facebook moonshine jesus on facebook as well as everywhere you get your podcast you can find the moonshine jesus show we're in all those places and as always a very important reminder this is not a spoiler free zone no it's not never it's full has of them. been it's full yeah. of it's what we do. It we That's are right. we are the we yeah, spoil we things. Bear, That's we it. are we the spoil bears things of for everybody. Yeah, that's, exactly yeah. right. that's exactly right. Well, uh, before we spoil too much, how about we pour okay. our drinks and hopefully keep those on the good end of things? Yes. So uh, what are you having as your drink for this show and the Umbrella Academy? Okay, so here's the thing about the Umbrella Academy, Mark. It's right. a dark show, but it's also yes. a ton of fun. And so I was yes. thinking about my drink, and I thought, I need something that's dark, but is also a lot of fun. And so like that. this I week, like thinking. I've got uh, the Umbrella Academy Kahlua and Cream Milkshake. And I oh. thought this is also good for like a, uh, a hot summer day. And so right. I've got uh, two ounces of Kahlua, two ounces of vanilla vodka, ice cream, vanilla ice cream, whipped mm. cream, and sprinkles. Uh, and of uh, well, course, think, an umbrella. An umbrella, of course. Of course. Of course. Right? I think that you, you absolutely knocked that one out of the park. I went a little safe on this one. Um, yes. The whole show has a kind of an old school 40s, 50s. Mm-hmm. And then number number five even has that kind of attitude about him. So I just wanted to go with a kind of a traditional old school drink, just a, but a little, not your completely ones that people are all like very uh, familiar with, but it's called a Martini Rossi Rosso. Uh, mm. It is basically uh, vodka, um, sweet vermouth, and some orange mm-hmm. bitters. But like you, since it's the Umbrella Academy, I am incorrectly decorating a, <laughs> a martini glass with an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> I I have sure. never seen that and I love it. Yeah, it's perfect that, for that. Why not? For this show, it yeah. seems appropriate. So cheers, sir. Cheers. Mm. Yeah, those are good. Mm. Not bad at all. And look, hey, while we're while we're drinking, let's remind people that in just a couple of weeks, we're going to be at the Wild Goose Festival mm-hmm. and we're going to be handing drinks out. Uh, yes, we first, are. The first 20 folks that show up. Uh, we're, we're, we're going to be talking about the, the new Thor movie, and we will have a themed drink to share with the first 20 people who show up, and they will receive it in this Moonshine Jesus show. No jug. way. It'll That's be amazing. I want one it, of those. 
Well, I'll see. I, I know a guy who knows a guy who might be able to get a hold mm. of one for you. I hear uh, that everything have, everything tastes better in a in a moonshine jug. Is that it right? It always has. Oh, it's everyone. Knows <laughs> it that. always has. It always yeah. will. You're gonna. Want we got one. all kinds of other giveaways, uh, huggies that we're going to be doing, uh, stickers. We also now have our Shine Jesus Shine T-shirts are now uh, in stock. We've got a handful of those. We'll be throwing out to people who participate with us there. So I'm excited about it. We're there on July 16th. And the show will be at 4.15 on the Goosecast stage. So I hope you're all come by and yeah. hang with us a bit. It'll be fun. Live music, too. We've got a local blues player who will be playing the Moonshine Jesus song. So should be good, Caleb. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to see people there. I can't wait to Me taste too. something out of that Moonshine jug. I'm ready for oh, it's it. It's the best. It's the best. I've, I may have tried mine out. I don't know. Maybe a little bit. Of course all you right. did. <laughs> Let's hear some tunes, and we'll come back and uh, talk a little bit about this show. Moonshine Jesus Moonshine Jesus Moonshine Jesus Moonshine Jesus Won't you shine a Welcome back, everybody, to the Moonshine Jesus Show, where today Mark and I are talking about the Umbrella Academy. Netflix mm -hmm. Umbrella Academy follows a dysfunctional family of wayward would-be superheroes who occasionally find a way to combine their talents to do extraordinary things. But often <laughs> they fall victim to their own egos and insecurities, which pushes the world even closer to the brink of apocalypse. High stakes bum, go. Bum, bum. So every year, one, every year, something's going to blow. The earth's that's gonna right. Blow that's up. and that's why I want to ask you about Mark. Right. So okay. Oh, okay, really? season wow, one, right. uh, yeah. season one, we kind of get to know the, the characters as they try to save the yeah. world from an apocalypse. In season two, they travel back to the 1960s to prevent an apocalypse. And in season three, they're back in present time in an alternate future after altering the events of the path as they mm -hmm. try to. Uh, prevent an apocalypse. And so here's my question. Again, this mm. is not a spoiler-free zone, so I'm about to give a major spoiler for season three if you haven't <laughs> seen it. At the end of season three, Mark, they yeah. lose their powers. Here's my question. Right. How do you think yeah. they're going to prevent the inevitable coming apocalypse without <laughs> their superpowers? Wow, you really jumped right into this, didn't you? I, so <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was. I thought I had in the back of my head this idea that maybe we would get to this thought, but hey, we're. But I'm gonna right I, like we're going hey, right fair, to the end of the season. Right, this is what I want to talk about. It's my segment. Yeah, Mark. This I mean, is what it was I want to talk about. <laughs> so it was complicated. It's fair, man. Yeah. It's your segment. I right, listen. Uh, it was Reginald. Okay, wow. There's so much to unpack here. Uh, it depends. Like Reginald had figured out yeah. how to use. Uh, this kind of machine in this this alternate universe that was sort of a metaphysical fail-safe that right. they called the Oblivion. Uh, uh -huh. And it's actually hidden by the Obsidian Hotel. And the Oblivion is inside and behind it. And, and, and he has this machine that he's figured out how to use. And he's got to get seven of the Academy members to stand on certain spots. And so here's where I am with it. I think he knew that they were going to end up back with no powers. Uh -huh. But I'm trying to decide 
if that's because he knew the reset would prevent something that he did that ultimately made his uh, all of their mothers pregnant because there were 43 women across the world that got pregnant mm -hmm. all at the same time without being in a relationship with anybody. And I, I've always felt like that, that Reginald had something to do with that. Um, mm. And so maybe he knew that on a reset, he wouldn't have done the thing that made him powerful or, you know, that was some high tech space stuff that he was interacting with. Uh-huh. There's a part of me that also wonders, I wonder if, if he programmed it to not, not have them not have their powers. And if maybe he thought that was like giving them their lives back. Like maybe there was this soft spot in this alien robot, whatever he is. Okay. Right. <laughs> because we have seen throughout the uh, the seasons that he does have this uh, a soft spot. What, whatever you know, alien thing he is, there he did does every once in a while get really like almost emotional about the kids. So maybe right. he had this little like, and I'm going to give you this last gift that you don't have to worry about your your powers anymore. You don't have to ever save the world again because you can't. You can just have yep. your normal life. I, I don't know. I, I was a, I was in one of those schools and I couldn't figure out what I really thought was going on. Well, that's interesting because I I think you're right that. Uh, none of these these powers have been uh great gifts for them they've uh, uh yeah. all had uh pretty terrible lives and i mean mm -hmm. partly because of reginald's own doing i mean he was a bad right. dad yeah. <laughs> and uh <laughs> he didn't give them like a supportive environment to grow up in uh and yes, oh, they not. also they also like were were struggling with these gifts and and how to make use of them and so maybe it is actually a gift to get rid of them and uh, right. and I mean some of the characters even seem to to go away uh, ready to uh, live their lives without those gifts and so may, maybe maybe mm -hmm. it would uh, but is it going to yeah. be interesting to watch yeah uh, do you think uh, oh I think it's going to be brilliantly interesting okay to, to good yeah I, sh I should throw in right now I just saw a user comment online probably a first time listener uh I, we promise you we are going to spoil this for you so uh, uh save this for later after you've seen the show this is not a spoiler free show we, we will no be we said we're, so we're spoilers just, we, just we are aware. going to spoil this for you well, right, i'm gonna jump right to the very last episode and that's what we're gonna talk about you know the the big giveaway I do think, though, that it, it sets up. Uh, by the way, the fourth season isn't guaranteed yet. Uh, Netflix is, is in talks with them, but hasn't okayed it yet. Um, yeah. Which made me, just, well, it made me a little anxious because this one, the third season felt like it got tied up a slightly neater than any of the first two seasons who ended on these crazy cliffhangers. I was a little yeah. concerned about that. But yeah. I think there's a lot of potential in year four. Uh, you know, you've got uh, Luther, who's not part of the family right now because he's out searching for for his wife. Uh, you've got yep. the rest of them who are probably in contact, and then, of course, the apocalypse is going to start to happen, and they're going to go, "Oh, well, if we had our powers, we could do something." So we yep. get episode after episode of them trying to figure out how, what, why did we lose our powers? How do we get back to the powers? Which could be a lot of fun, and watching them kind of interact and we have all that opportunity for some who don't really think they want the power back and others who can't wait to have their powers back so i don't know i kind of think it could make for a, a kind of a fun uh beginning with a more serious ending next season i don't i don't know does that seem reasonable do you think that could happen 
Uh, yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. I I think they've they've got to renew it. I I want to see it wrap up a little bit uh, nicer than that. Maybe it's wrapped up nicer than other seasons, but I it needs a proper close. So I hope they bring it back. So I, I want to pivot a little bit, Mark, and I want to ask you this right. question because I I'm dying to know this. I I was wondering the whole uh -oh. time I've been watching uh, Umbrella Academy about this. Yeah, I want to know who your favorite character is, who your, who your favorite uh, family member is in the, in the show. My drink should, is a giveaway. It's number five. I absolutely number five. love mm. number five. I love his uh, kind of like rough guy, old guy attitude and this young body. He's got, he travels, he knows all these things and he's a little bit like, He'll make weird little jokes and pick on people, and they don't even see mm -hmm. that his joke, what he's doing to them. Uh, and I just think that he he's kind of the guy that that pulls them together frequently, where he they're all going crazy, and he's like, okay, look, I'm in here. We all got to get real serious here. We got to figure this out. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of like I kind of like that about his character. So uh, I'm not I'm a fan of Luther too, but number five is definitely my, my favorite. How about you? Yeah. So I like, I like Victor. I, I think Victor is yeah. a very interesting character to see develop mm -hmm. over the, over the course of things. Incredible. And, uh, yeah. and, and so I, I'm sure we'll talk more about that in the next segment yes. uh, as we talk about the theopolitical stuff. And, uh, and I think Klaus is uh, a com the comedic uh, person that we need right. to make this show work. You know, I think yeah, he, uh, he is the relief, that release valve that we've got to have during all these serious kind of things. And, and, yeah. he, and he does a brilliant job with the character for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It makes you it completely a lot of buy him as that person. Like you don't think of him as an actor playing the character. It almost feels like they typecast him, although they, they definitely didn't, but it almost feels like they just found this guy that's like this and said, let's get you in the show. <laughs> Very cleany, yeah. <laughs> you you know what? We've got a great show for you. We need a zany character, and you're just him. Yeah, he does right. embody him. So uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Rosalind uh, Sue uh, Edrozo uh, makes a co an important comment about one of your favorite characters, Mark, uh, that with number five, uh, you got to miss the shorts. You know, he found the tailor in this season and got like a full suit and he's right. out what of is... those you know the yeah. Roll academy shorts and i'm really in agreement with that that was sort of one yeah. of the be beautiful things about that character was that he was this grumpy old man wearing schoolboy shorts you know it's just there was just something right about it which is perfectly offsetting um it, but right. I, I do think they've done really interesting things with all the characters this season. And, and uh, his yeah. was obviously one of my favorites as well. Um, but I, I, I'm curious as to whether or not you think the sparrows survived. They, most of them got sucked into uh, the, the uh, Google blitz. Most of them got mm -hmm. sucked into it. Yeah. Um, do you think that they survived? Are we going outside of the, I think there were two that got thrown back into that the came other with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the rest of them at some point got sucked into the Kugelblitz, which by the way is uh, an actual uh, theological physics uh, thing that's actually been theorized. So similar to it anyway, Ooh, but hmm, <laughs> intriguing. But do you, what do you think? You think they're still around? I think they survived, but they're not going to remember. 
Um, I don't oh, think they're okay. going to remember what happened. So uh, kind of similar to what happened in uh, so, Spider-Man No Way Home. You know, that mm, whenever the mm. universe resets, uh, the people mm. who are actively involved. So, in the, the, uh, so the, the, the folks you're, who were you're there assuming that were the, part the, of the, it. Yeah. So does that mean that you think that that's that what we're calling the uh, side universe or the slide universe, the sideways universe? They were calling where the sparrows existed as the sideways universe. Right. So when everything reset, you think that, this, that, that these parallel universes, or at least that one sideways universe, uh, got smushed back oh, in? Oh, got all or, meshed or, into one. Or uh, is it living outside of that one, and they are now existing in that one reset? I, I don't know. Well, see, uh, I was thinking about uh, the the sideways universe as kind of just like um, a, a blip in the the timeline. Uh, that's so that's right. an interesting that's an interesting thing. I I think my argument is that um, mm. that everyone who was actively involved in resetting the universe, so everyone who was in the oblivion whenever they reset the universe, I, I think they're all going to remember what happened. But anyone right. who wasn't, Nobody so else. like the the ones who had who had died. Ahead of time, uh, I don't. I think they're going to go back. I have no yeah. idea. Who knows? What do you think? I mean, Mark? One of, it is one of the. It is one of the great things about this show. Yeah. I don't know. I think. I think it comes down to timeline arguments and what the writers are going to do. Yeah. So, did yeah. Reese like? Is the sideways universe? Is it a parallel universe, or is it like you suggested, an offshoot where someone made a very large choice at some point on the original uh, timeline, and there was this new timeline that broke off? and started if that's the case then it all depends on what the restart sets them back to mm -hmm. does it set them back before that piece broke off of the main timeline or does it come after that so if that's the case i think it's all going to come down to where does a reset actually occur and if it's actually just a parallel universe then i think it got reset just like our universe where the umbrella academy is mm -hmm. uh and they're all there and but I think I'm kind of with you. I, I do believe that the folks that were in the oblivion when 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 it all happened at the end, I think they probably wouldn't remember. They get reset and it's just what it is. I'm just right. going to be very curious to see when that is. Is it concurrent yeah. with the timeline we were on or does it throw them back? Because they were kind of like they kept them in this little right. grass grassy space with the I don't know, was it a water fountain or whatever? There was something right there in the middle. Uh -huh. And they were right. all just leaning on it. We don't know what time they're in. We don't know what the world looks well, like. Well, that's true. Like, they kept it pretty. It was a tight frame that didn't really give away anything. All we know is that Reginald still exists. That right. that this was not the end of Reginald. That he is still around. So, hey, before, before we move to the next segment, uh, one person that I do want to make sure we talk about is Allison because she saw some interesting character development during this season as she uh, came to terms with a lost love and um, with through most of the season with her daughter uh, not being in existence. And right. that caused her to make some really interesting ethical decisions and uh, to, to really uh, switch up a, a, a lot of the character development that she had had in previous seasons. What do you think of, of Allison in this season? And do you think her actions yeah. ended up being justified in the end? Um. I think this is one of those kind of moral ethical questions that there's not a right and wrong answer on. Um, hmm. We all can, in a lot of ways, understand the emotional uh, part behind the decision she ultimately makes throughout this. Um, 
And, and in a lot of ways, I, I like the addition of her character and the way that she was both uh, paralleled and a mirror to um, Reginald's character. They both had a person that they had, person or persons that they had lost. They're both struggling with how far will I go? Some, some struggling with it more than others. So Reginald didn't right. struggle a lot. <laughs> he didn't uh, struggle a lot. Yeah. With <laughs> how far am I going to go in order to ensure that I have these people with me again? And what does, what does it matter if it ruins a lot of other people's lives and, or kills yeah. them or prevents them from being with the people that they love? So I kind of liked that there was a, a balance in between them to, to some degree. Um, I don't know that what I would call like hardcore morality. I think she made the wrong choice. Hmm. At the same time, hmm. we're we're humans. We're emotional. We we love what we love, um, and yeah. that, that can be. And I think it is the most powerful thing on the face of the planet is love. Um, and so hmm. it can overrule a lot of things. So I wouldn't judge a person who ends up making a choice based on this deep love they have for people that they've committed yeah. to. Um, but I think in a, in a large moral sense, maybe, you know, it's, it's uh, the life of the many instead of the life of the few. I mean, what do mm. you think? Mm. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's right. I mean, if you're talking about the whole the whole fate of the universe, then uh, then at least in, you know, the and to quote Star Trek, right, the needs of the needs of the many outweigh the goods of the one or the few. One. But that's right. a lot easier to say than it is to practice whenever it's you personally. Boy, and so uh, I thought so I think you're right. I think her actions, uh, Allison's actions in particular, were particularly understandable. But hey. I think, you know, asking questions about morality and uh, and hmm. ethics, it, that must mean it's time for us to pivot wow. and to talk about the theopolitical as, uh, aspects of the show. So let's listen to Drop and come back. Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. We're really glad to have you with us. We're in our Theo Politico uh, segment, and Caleb. So I'm going to start off with just some, yeah. you know, they're they are definitely theological questions, but they're sort of light ones, and I'm just curious to hear your your take on these. Thank you. Yeah, uh, and then we're going to get into maybe the more. <laughs> oh, then you're going to up the stakes. We're going to well, start I'll, out I, with softball. I think. I think we deserve to. Yes, I'll start out. I want you to feel good so that you feel confident thank going you, into thank talk, you. Okay, talking good. about your take on Victor and, and what's going on there. All right. Yeah, so the first you. question I have for you is, what do you think of the show's depiction of the afterlife? Oh, yeah. So so that was interesting, especially in the uh, last couple of episodes. Uh, I mean, it's something that that I mean, Klaus is always dealing with. But, you know, uh, right. being, given his powers, being able to see people after they're dead. Well, and, and number uh, five dealt with it with him for a little bit there. That's when he was dating the, the uh, mannequin in the same right. area. And the, right. Right, and then and then Luther gets to deal with uh, yeah with exactly it, uh, yeah. during this season, and so uh, the last uh, the last episode in particular where Luther is uh, in the afterlife with um, with uh, Klaus, mm -hmm. you know they are going from different place to different places, and um, at one point they go to a bouncy house and. 
Uh, and Klaus says, somebody's version of heaven is this bouncy house, you know, as if uh, uh, heaven is uh, uh, whatever it is that makes you happiest or, or something. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, that's a relatively common depiction of what we think, uh, what people think the afterlife looks like. Um, uh, you know, I'm not one who tends to think about that too much. Right. You know, I think it's Marcus mm -hmm. Borg who said that... Um, is there an afterlife? And if so, what will it be like? I have no idea. Right. But I have God who buoyed us in life will buoy us in death. And I like that because I don't think any of us really knows if there is an afterlife or, or what it would be like. And I don't spend mm. too much time thinking about that. I know that it's comforting for some folks. Um, and it can be particularly comforting if you've lost someone or if you're thinking about uh, mm. your future. But um, I, I, I think it, it deals with it kind of uh, it, it, in a in a fairly traditional way except for the fact yeah. that klaus can come back from it uh what do you think what was your take <laughs> I, I i'm kind of with you I, I i get the kind of appeal of you know for some people it, it's obviously like whatever your happiest memory is or a happy place for you yeah. but it was interesting because klaus his memory is always this kind of barren area with crappy chairs and, and a, a wall that's not really part of a house and a TV sitting there. And it makes me wonder, is that really his happy place or is something more like, does he think mm -hmm. this is what he deserves? I, I don't know exactly. I, what I what I do find interesting, though, is how much progressive Christianity itself struggles to define afterlife. And, and mm -hmm. I think it's one of our shortfallings, frankly, um, mm -hmm. because I've recently had conversations with several folks who have lost loved ones who yeah. uh, feel like progressive Christianity has let them down on the front of what do I, how do I imagine my loved one? Where are they? What, what will I, will I interface? Will there be energy shared? Will there be anything? And we really don't spend out. We do a lot of, we do a really good job at understanding what hell really isn't in the Bible. Uh, mm -hmm. And, and, and saying that construct and Dante's construct is just not something that has a lot of biblical support. We don't do a very good job at offering a, a counter view that could help a person um, at least have some rest, not necessarily full comfort, but to let go a little bit about their loved one. That I do think there is some value in this concept of an actual afterlife that has something that's positive, that reminds us of this. Uh, not that I think that's what it is, but I can see the value in it. And I, and I, I guess I'm, I'm pushing us as progressive Christians to do a better job defining what we think that that next whatever is. Um, yep. Although it's hard, right, Mark? Because one of oh, those values of, prog of progressive Christianity is that we we aren't going to guess and pretend like it's uh, because I feel like that's what a lot of Christians do is they kind mm -hmm. of guess and then they present it as fact and then uh, they they try to get people to to buy into this this guess as if it's fact. Mm -hmm. And so I you know I think. Uh, but maybe you're right. Maybe we should be maybe we should be talking about it more. Maybe we shouldn't just uh, dismiss it or or to explore different uh, different theories. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, even, like. even science right now is offering some interesting things about what whatever not here might look like, and they're approaching it, you know, with real heart. It's not supposed to be in any way dismissive of traditional Christianity, but in in real scientific yeah. ways, talking about alternate universes, uh, parallel universes different existences of energy that might be influencing us and, and that we are possibly interacting with that could be related to it. I think there's a lot there to explore. And it's, I think, uh, 
a very necessary step for progressive Christianity over the next five to 10 years to deal with. Uh, so it'll be a fuller the, the theology that can actually uh, be even more impactful for people in difficult times. All right. We can go all along about that. I am well of that. There's one other little line I want to ask you about before we move yeah. back in, into the bigger one that you pointed out in our last segment that we knew we would be going to be getting to. Mm-hmm. There was this line that Reginald said, and, uh, you know, it, 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 it's again involves a theology just like afterlife mm-hmm. is one that you and I don't necessarily buy into the way that that's right. Like mainline Christianity might. This one uh, buys into sort of a mainline understanding of creation and creationism and that kind of thing. But I thought it was this interesting quote, and and I wanted to hear your modern application of whether or not that might be the case or not. Yeah. Um, when he's talking about the uh, the oblivion, this metaphysical fell safe that might be put in that would allow him to mm-hmm. reboot, he says, "Whoever this is Reginald, whoever or right. whatever wove space and time." They left a way to put things back together if the universe faced annihilation. Hmm. All right. Not necessarily a literal annihilation, but do you think that the universe is woven together in a way that we can put things back together when they fall apart? I mean, right now it feels like a lot's falling apart. It's a big question. Yeah, it is a big question, and it is uh, a question that can send us into a bit of an, uh, uh, you know, an existential crisis, especially as we're talking about things like, like climate change. And so, I think the universe uh, can maybe put itself back together. I think human beings, in a lot of ways, are a part of the problem. Uh, so I don't know that it's put back, you know, it's put together in such a way that human beings can can do anything to to mm-hmm. restart the universe in the way that Reginald does um, or or even to save the Earth. I think the Earth will survive humans, oh, um, whether human beings get to be a part of that next stage or not, I think is yet to be determined. And so I. I think that particularly if we're talking about the climate crisis, that this is one of the things that is, uh, you know, the, the saddest is that we are seeing the, the results, uh, the effects of climate crisis and the results of, um, you know, of us uh, taking years and years of inaction. Yeah. And it, it's really causing um, a, a lot of despair, especially among, uh, for all of us, but especially among Gen Z folks who have to deal with the fact that the earth might not be here in the same way for them that it has been for everyone else. So uh, I, I think that the universe uh, can, can save itself. I think the earth can save itself, but whether or not human beings can be a part of that or not, I don't know. What do you think? Well, what I think is I'm not going to answer that question because we're running out of time in this segment. We've got something well, very okay, important okay. that we need to be done. Oh, yes. I, yeah, I will say, I, I, will, I will tweak it the tiniest bit. I do yeah. think that the universe exists in such a way that when human relationships and human divisions, when relationships fall apart and divisions happen, that, they, that it is woven in such a way that we actually can be a part of preventing annihilation in that kind of division and falling apart that if, if, if we are willing to actually put the work in, that the universe is knitted together a way where we can make those things better if we, um, you know, put our, our energy, our efforts, and, and figure out how to love our neighbor. All right, but we're going to move on here. You're an optimist. You're an optimist. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, 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 like, I, think, I think of myself as a pragmatist, but I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. I, I'm a pragmatist <laughs> who wants to be an optimist. How's that? That's good. All right, I so like 
I want I, I want to talk a little bit about so in between last season and this season, mm-hmm. Elliot Page made the announcement that uh, that he was transitioning. This is who he had always been, and he finally right. arrived at a place in his life that he was able to recognize it, express it, and do something about it. And I don't know about you, but I feel like uh, the Umbrella Academy almost embraced this, right? They, I felt like they absolutely did. I, they absolutely and did. I think they also, they not only embraced it, but I think they showed us a model of how family and friends can respond to that in exactly. a helpful way. Uh, so I like, agree. Uh, just like, except it was almost like a non-issue. For, yeah, for I loved it. Okay. I loved it. Like you talk about the non-issue, like with Luther, he said, like Luther sees, uh, sees a uh, Victor for the first time with a haircut and, and Luther's right. like, Oh, like the haircut, uh, 10 gauge. That's a good call. Like just right. made it all normal. Just a normal, like you're still my, you know, you're still my buddy. You're still the person that I want to be close friends with kind of stuff. I, I love yeah. this little bit and I want to hear what your thoughts are. Uh, so yeah. th- Victor is discussing his transition with Luther and Allison. Mm-hmm. And, and Allison starts blaming almost herself, saying, you know, God, I should have realized this earlier. I really should have mm-hmm. done this yeah. earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Victor says, you, you couldn't have known because, I mean, I didn't fully. Uh, right. And he says that um, Sissy, one of the other uh, siblings, opened something in me, showed me I'd never be free hiding from who I really am. And after losing her, I realized I just can't live in that box anymore. I won't. Mm-hmm. You know, I always hated mirrors. I thought everybody felt so strange in their skin. I guess that's not true. I mean, how powerful is that? And and for a show, they had to go back and write this in, like because yeah. the whole show was written before uh, uh, Elliot went went public, and to yeah. see them do those write ins like a speech like that's just brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine how many lives that alone touched deeply or even saved. It was um, beautiful. It was beautiful. And I think that made the season for me. So mm-hmm. um, so I was going through and binge watching Umbrella Academy for the first time. And I thought, this. I, I love this show because of the superhero stuff and all that. But I, I thought, this show is worthy of existence just for this scene alone. To, uh, empower, to see a, a, a trans person embracing their true selves... At having that portrayed in, in this public way uh, through uh, through Hollywood, I think was powerful. And then to see the family struggling struggling not with their willingness to embrace it, but to try and struggle how to really appropriately support that person, mm-hmm. I thought was was incredibly wonderful. So, I, and I think Luther yeah. too. Not only the thing about the hair, but right, but he said, "Hey, should we?" should we throw him a party or we mm-hmm. what? And, and Diego comes along and co- goes to, uh, goes to Victor and said, Hey, your brother wants to throw you a party. He wants you to know you, that we love you. Do you know, we love you. He's like, yeah, <laughs> I know you love me. And right. he's like, okay, well let's get back to trying to save the yeah. world. Right. But it, it's just like, uh, just like, Hey, we love you. Uh, it, that to me was a scene that was said, beautiful. Hey, we love you unconditionally, no matter what yeah. uh, we accept God, you as the- you are. Talking about the 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 world being designed in a way or existing in a way that it can be knit back together, there is a beautiful example of folks knitting it back together when something changes, mm-hmm. and rather than using it to tear them apart, they just they keep that that universal pull that bonds us. 
they not only recognize it, but they amplify it in a case that could like make a person not feel accepted. I thought it was just beautiful. It was, uh, mm. I, it's one of my, it's a, it was a great season, but that was one of, definitely one of my favorite pieces of it. So listen, okay. you're you a give me long. hope again. Yes. Excellent. Good. Hey, I won't <laughs> make you an optimist yet. All right. We're running Thanks. a little longer. Let's, Let's uh let's take this segment and come back and see who can make who look stupid. everybody to the moonshine jesus show and thanks for staying with us to this last segment the make me look stupid segment uh -huh. where we both try to ask a question that will make the other look stupid so here's the thing <laughs> why do we do this to ourselves <laughs> like, like we oh, actually like each other <laughs> why because why not you know right. uh, yes that is completely that's fair. the best the best friendships are like that mark you gotta try exactly make each right. other look stupid every once in a you're while exactly you know you're that's, exactly right that's the way it is if the friendship so can't appear if the friendship can't survive you picking on the other person it wasn't really a friendship to start with that's right it wasn't yeah that's right so here's the thing mark last last week you were benevolent uh -huh. and you let oh, me go no. first and, I, <laughs> and damn so it. i'm going to <laughs> I'm going to extend the same courtesy to ah, you. And this Archie week, too. I'm going to let you go first. Damn it! I, I will be the uh, benevolent co-host. <laughs> oh, you are so wonderful. I really cannot oh, thank tell you, you how much I appreciate it. All right. You're All right. I do welcome. have a question. I do have a question okay, for you. Yeah, and I'm my ready. question, depending on your answer, has a possible follow-up. All right? A two-parter? Okay. Possibly. Possibly. Depends on your answer. So, uh, number five... <laughs> At the end yeah. of, of, of this episode, of this season, he mm -hmm. ends up trusting his, quote, enemy, Reginald, mm -hmm. over his own future self. His own future self has been telling him, don't right. start the machine. Don't don't reset right. it. Don't do it. Mm -hmm. And he gets down. He's the last person to step on the space that's going to make this happen. And you see him think about it for this flash. Right. And then he uses his powers, boom, boom, and he's standing on it. So he trusts his, quote, enemy, more than he trusts his own future self and it sort of works out so are there any lessons that are packed away in that as part of the story or is it just sort of a ridiculous piece of the story <laughs> well you know it's the the writers uh weaving the possibility for another season right if i mean <laughs> what happened what happened so you're saying that you're saying the only lesson here is that writers are write some stupid crap if it'll get them to the next season <laughs> so you don't right, think there's any... do something <laughs> so you don't okay. think there's any 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 moral anything we could pull out of that i'm not saying there is i want to hear your answer <laughs> sometimes okay i let me let me try to uh moralize mm -hmm. this a bit let's see mm -hmm. i i think that uh sometimes we may think we know best uh even mm. even in retrospect you know, we may right. think, oh, if I had done such and such, uh, things would be different. And um, and we don't always know best. Um, and uh, that's uh, that's an important lesson for me to learn. I mean, I think throughout the I show, don't know what. I think throughout the show, listening to you, it's clear that we don't all always know best. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
That was a little what? low. I followed. Wait, I, I, I thought I thought you were gonna that say that, that Caleb, much. you always know best. I'm learning that. No, that's not what you were saying. <laughs> that sometimes I could I, I could have said that, and I should have said that, but I did not say that. But <laughs> you did not because you're honest. You're an honest person, Mark. So okay, so maybe maybe there's something to be said about about yeah. listening to other people, even if we're not sure that we can we can trust them to, to mm. be willing to have faith in humanity, be willing to have mm. faith in goodness, yeah. even if they're like an alien robot uh, kind of person. I but I think at the end of the, no. but we'll see. Maybe there's a reason. That uh, you know, like, was the well, universe going to end if he didn't listen mm -hmm. to Reginald? I don't know. Was it going to reset? I bet we'll find. I think we're going to find out in season four, <laughs> I, I, one I way or another. You're probably right. I think we'll find out. All right. So, but here's the thing. So now I'm going to yeah. get you to change your answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because because well, here's we'll the see thing. about that. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe, maybe I'll stick to my guns. I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. Um, here's the thing, though. Okay. Did it actually work out? They end up back with no powers, nothing to do. They're unconnected to everyone. Yeah. Maybe listening to his enemy was the wrong choice. Like maybe it really screwed them up. Right. I mean, because well, where they are right now, there's so much up in the air. They don't have their powers. Uh, someone comes after them. There's another uh, apocalypse, which we know it's Umbrella Academy. So there's going to be another apocalypse. Uh, it didn't work out. So maybe, maybe to thine own self be true. Maybe we should pay attention to that more. I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll have to see, right? We, we'll have you're to see gonna, if it works out or not. Because, because uh, it's going to depend on if the writers are, and you know, if they're able to negotiate with Netflix to get there. That's what we're going to have to see. Are they, are they really going to, you know, be able to, to come back? I, 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 I'm going to say you kind of sidestep that last question. I, that, that, that That's what if if what if the out, outcome is actually horrible, then you know maybe to thine own self be true really is the way we should approach things. Trust your gut. Or you know, or, you know what? Maybe it is. Uh, you do whatever you do, and you deal with the consequences no matter what it is. And I think so, that's uh, a very wise answer right there. I think we uh, we often what if ourselves to death, you know, like yeah, well, what absolutely. if I'd done this or what if I'd yeah. done that, and what and at the end of the day, it is whatever whatever decision we make in the moment is the decision we make, and we face the consequences, uh, right, wrong, or indifferent. It is what it is. So right. Um, so I I'll, I'll, I'm comfortable in my sidestep, Mark. Okay, <laughs> I'm Fair comfortable enough. leaving it there. Fair okay, enough. so I've got Fair a question enough. for you. All right, I'm so, worried. Um, so I'm rocking. I'm, I'm so worried. I'm finding I'm, myself I'm actually rocking. rocking. I, 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 <laughs> With an anxious <laughs> anticipation. Oh gosh. This is my, uh, this is my like hyper energy. Okay. I can't sit still oh, yeah? for 45 minutes. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Mark. <laughs> I buy, I buy so, that. I completely buy that. That's going to be <laughs> weird. Me well enough. It's going to be weird. Like trying to do a live version of the moonshine Jesus show. And see that's right. I'm going to be up like stay, with the microphone stay in your walking seat. all around. Hey everybody. Okay. Audience so, engagement. Okay. I'll take the mic. No, I'll take the mic. Yeah, let, let, me, go. let me run around. Okay. <laughs> so throughout this season, grace, yeah. the, you know, the robot mom thinks yeah. that this ball of energy is God that is down in their like laundry room basement area, right? She she thinks right. that it's God and she's actively worshiping it. Um, so one, I want to know, is God really a ball of energy somewhere? And uh, two, are there things that we are worshiping like uh, like a God that uh, mm. that are not 
that are going to cause our annihilation instead. So I, I'm going to ask wow. you a two-part question too, but I'm going to ask you, I'm going to throw them both out there. I'm just at the same time. The All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, is, is God a ball of energy? Yes. Is God a, a, a newly blooming dandelion? Yes. Is God the, the, the ocean rolling into the sea onto the shore and lightly crash with a gentle breeze? Yes. Is God the sinew tissue that connects us all together? that makes who I am and who you are inextricably wound together over time, no matter what. Yeah. God is all of that. And Mm -hmm. if you try to define God as one specific thing, we end up with idolatry. When you end up trying to say, God is that ball of energy in my basement, you end up with idolatry. If you try to end up with the most important thing in my life is this money, then you've created a a God out of your money and you've connected it to the one thing rather than recognizing this massive connectiveness of the universe and this larger energy, this larger uh, emotion, this larger peace that wants best for everything. um, You, you end up missing all of the largeness of that and the connectedness of it. When we focus on one little thing and try to make it incredibly important. I've heard people do that with a book sometimes as well. <laughs> I've heard that too. I, I've got to say, Mark, uh, what the Bible? What? What is that? <laughs> that is that is the most beautiful <laughs> definition of God I've ever heard. I I, I concede this round. What about concession, Mark? You just like like this is how uh, I think about God, man. It's, it's literally yeah, it's how beautiful. I think about God. So, that is beautiful. Man, I, I I I love that. What, but what I mean? also, Caleb. Yeah. But I also know yeah. that that is in large part how you conceptualize God as well. This is not a unique Mark Sandlin kind of thing. Like, there's a lot of us who that is what we really deeply understand God to be, right? Or am I miss? I don't want to misspeak for you. No, I think you're right, and and I think it's important to say because a lot of times, whenever we define God as something other than an old guy in the sky, people think that you're like making this up or like you're a minority Mm -hmm. opinion. And and the truth is that that I think probably the vast majority of us, uh, especially in Christianity, but I I think if we really got down to it, that the vast majority of us really recognize that God is beyond understanding and comprehension. And if we were really willing to like speak about it more and uh and uh, be a little more public about it that 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 it's not a minority opinion uh and uh and and i think it's an authentic read of of the bible and i think it's an authentic read of of how uh the universe really works so with that uh Let's 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 say goodbye to Umbrella Academy. Wait for yes. season four. I hope it gets renewed. And uh, let's talk about what we're going to be talking about on the show next hey, week. So this is going to be a Mark, promise. For, it's going to be a promise fulfilled, right? That's right. It is. Yeah. Do you want to tell them? You ready? Uh, yeah. Uh, we're going to do this together. Oh, we're gonna do it together. Okay. I don't know. I don't uh, know how we're gonna uh, how we're gonna make okay. this happen. Let's try it. Uh, one, on three. On three. Two, one, two, three, three. Stranger Things. Stranger Things. <laughs> we volume, did not. All right. Uh, all season right. four, all right. volume two. That's 
Wait, all at the same we did time. not do that well. All right, we're gonna we're gonna stop. Uh, we're gonna okay. count down again, stop. and we're just gonna say Stranger Things, okay? Okay, and then I can, and okay. then I can edit it you for count. the actual podcast, so it doesn't. No, so, no, so. this is pro- okay. You count. You count. All right, I'm gonna count down. Three, two. Stranger, Stranger things. things. Oh, that did not work. That did not work. All right, we'll just give it's up. It's the on internet it. lag. It's the internet. So listen, lag. yeah, when we watched when we watched it the last time together, uh, and and yeah. did a show on it, we knew that there was still like a couple big episodes to go, and we were we were like we you know we recognized some of the things we're saying. We probably need to come back once the new one drops. So yeah. we're ready to do that. You've got about four hours worth of uh, video to watch to keep up okay. with us. Two episodes, but they're basically you know feature uh, length films in their own, right? Yeah, they are. And so Mar- I've watched it. Yeah, Mark I have not. Hasn't. And I'm not going to say anything else about the show, Mark. I'm not going to give any spoilers or anything. Fair All enough. I'm going to say is you've got an I told uh, you've got an I told you so coming up. Oh, <laughs> excellent! Nice. I'm glad to hear this. I'm glad to hear this. Well, and so and also let's remind everyone. Let's also remind, uh, yeah. How often does he get to say, "I told you so"? No, I'm I've kidding. never. Uh, <laughs> of course <laughs> not. Uh, but we also need to say, please do remember to go watch Thor, uh, so that you can participate if you're coming to the Wild Goose in uh, our podcast. There, we're going to try to make it more interactive, so there'll be opportunities for uh, those in the audience to to interact with us, and we will be giving handouts of those wonderful Shine Jesus Shine T-shirts when we do so. All right. Well, thanks, friends, for tuning in today on the 4th of July. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Moonshine Jesus Show. Jesus Show. Moonshine Jesus. Moonshine.